Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. In our previous chat, we defined and distinguished a person's assigned sex, gender, and gender identity. We focused on gender identity, and Dr. Sean and I highlighted the social and cultural pressures placed on men and how it impacts their mental health and well-being. Here in the United States, men are experiencing higher rates of suicide, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and eating disorders. But mostly because of stigma, men are rarely the ones to seek help or treatment for these types of concerns. So today, we're going to dive into practical tips and resources to help you and your loved ones navigate men's health. Welcome to Wit and Reason, hosted by psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. Dr. Moreno brings her expertise to providing smart and practical explanations on human behavior by interviewing diverse health experts regarding today's ever-evolving life and culture, turning social science and research into relatable, accessible, and useful information you can use. Listen now as Dr. Moreno brings a little bit of positive mental health to your day. Thank you so much, Dr. Sean, for joining us again. Absolutely. All right. So we have a really solid understanding that it is ideal that men start seeking more help. Um, what what would that process be like for somebody to first recognize within themselves that, hey, I have some of these um, emotional um, or mental health concerns, and then to actually go forward and talk to a professional about this. Yeah. So the, a tough process for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think the big thing is to just try to um, build or continue building self-awareness mm-hmm. um, as far as what's going on internally. Um, tough part about that is with men is that um, that's not just thoughts that are going on internally, that's feelings as well. Right. Um, and to uh, try to get some perspective and even maybe t- take a step back on occasion if um, what is going on internally, especially if there are feelings, seem overwhelming, um, if it seems like um, almost like it's it's happening and you're not sure why this mm-hmm. stuff is happening, um, in order to really get a sense of who we are as a person. And so um, 
So for me, and, and clinically how I, I see this often is kind of the red flag is if there's problems in relationships, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the same sorts of issues coming up in a, a relationship. Um, if there's problems, um, not just at work, because work is stressful yeah. either way, <laughs> um, but if um, the stress of work is leading to um, really negative impacts outside of work, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of working all day, then going home and feeling like you don't want to do anything just because it was so kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, w- with family as well, because family mm-hmm. is also stressful. And so a- as far as taking that step to say, when do I need to um, maybe meet with someone, whether it's a therapist mm-hmm. or whether it's um, even like a mentor or a friend or a life coach or something like that, yeah. um, is really wh- when it's impacting those relationships mm-hmm. um, and it's doing so in a way that it seems like it's kind of not making sense, like having a hard time understanding why. Right. And some of those emotions, I mean... It may show up a lot like anger or frustration mm-hmm. or impatience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it could also just have having feelings of sadness or even like you mentioned, like fatigue. You know, you're working all day long, you're coming home and you're just exhausted and you're tired all of the time. I mean, those could be some red flags as well as, as far as trying to ra- raise your emotional awareness. Absolutely. And just because it's showing out as like anger or rage mm-hmm. a lot doesn't necessarily mean that you're just really pissed off about something that could just be what you're comfortable showing. But in reality, there might be some more deep seated stuff going on. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Um, and especially with anger, I mean, that's a comfortable feeling for men Uh in many ways. Um, and it's, it's energizing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you feel angry, you kind of get energy, but if you feel, um, anxious or depressed or ashamed or embarrassed, the energy sort of gets sucked away from you. Yeah. Um, so I think it's easier to sort of um, uh, get in that mode of being angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then as well, it's, it's easier when you get into that mode of being angry to point the finger at other people mm-hmm. rather than to take stock of what's going on and get some perspective and um, and say, what am I bringing to this equation? Right. And that question of what am I bringing to this equation is another way of building awareness. Um, what's going on internally with me that's leading me to be angry mm-hmm. and probably some other feeling um, so that uh, there can be more awareness and built around and understanding built around that. Right. So there's different, if you're noticing an intense feelings of emotions coming on, more regularly or more frequently, that might be a, a good sign for, for you to reach out to somebody. That, that'd be a big one mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and if it seems like though it's hard to understand exactly where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that too, is if they seem to especially be coming from other people, right? like reaction to other people and you're noticing you're getting into the mode of kind of pointing the finger saying, well, you're doing this, you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the term I was using therapy is ma- uh, make wrongs. Uh-huh. If you have to make other people wrong, then you're not taking accountability for not just what you bring to the equation, but Mm -hmm. also um, internally what's going on with you at that moment. Um, And then there's no awareness. Right. And that's probably why one of the tips that you had was like, if you're noticing a lot of relationship problems, Mm -hmm. you know, so which could very much be like, all of these people have wronged me. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these people are kind of screwing me over or I'm the victim of some kind of situation. Um, That could be another sign to like maybe to meet with somebody so that way you can really explore what's going on there. Absolutely. Yeah. To dive into that a bit deeper because it's not going to just go away, essentially, unless that awareness is built. Are there um, certain thoughts that might pop up into somebody's mind um, that could also be some red flags or things to to kind of point somebody in the the direction of talking to somebody? 
And I think with men, the big one um, is um, just getting down on yourself. Um, And especially um, in the sense of like, or maybe even kind of the back and forth between um, getting down on yourself and then um, focusing on kind of the finger pointing again, what Mm -hmm. other people are doing um, and having those thoughts, but then not being able to not think them essentially. Okay. So, you know, if, if you're trying to go to sleep and uh, you sort of lay down and you're sort of trying to get calm and mm-hmm. then all the thoughts from the day pop up, yeah. Um, whether it's about yourself or about someone else, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're in a meeting or in wherever and you're not kind of focused on what's going on around you, you're mm-hmm. kind of in, in your thoughts, then that's a, a, a big sign that it would be good to, um, to talk through that because my opinion um, and what I've seen often in therapy is mm-hmm. that um, those thoughts aren't they, they don't occur in isolation right. there's feelings that are there as well um, it's just easier to focus on this person did this to me and how wrong they are mm-hmm. rather than to sit with the feeling for a little bit yeah and then even if you notice yourself kind of beating yourself up a lot too like well I screwed this up mm-hmm. and just kind of getting stuck with that mentality of like, oh, I'm a failure or I'm worthless mm-hmm. um, because I screwed this up. Those those are going to be the type of things that you can actually work through in therapy with yeah. the psychologist. Absolutely. So when someone does identify like, all right, so I got some of this stuff going on, I, you know, I'm up late at night worrying about these things or I'm feeling really angry a lot of the times or I'm having a lot of relationship issues. Let's say they recognize something's going on there mm-hmm. um, and they are motivated to go seek someone like yourself, uh-huh. yeah, a psychologist. Um, what exactly would that process be like for them? Uh, well, so it's kind of different for everyone and yeah. everyone kind of has their own path in a way. Um, but I feel like the biggest barrier is kind of finding the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all sorts of websites you can sort of go to to uh, just get contact information for people. You can contact your insurance provider, mm-hmm. see, um, you know, what, um, what what therapist might be available through your insurance. Um, but essentially, once you find someone, and I often recommend uh, meeting with um, at least two different therapists because yeah. the biggest uh, predictor of success in therapy is how comfortable uh, you feel talking with the person, mm-hmm. regardless of the theoretical orientation or their experience level or kind of anything. Right. It's just how comfortable you feel talking to them. Um, and then so find the person, you go and meet with them. Um, usually there's kind of like an intake process, which is a little bit interviewee, mm-hmm. I guess I would say. It's, it's um, the therapist gets to know you, um, ask a lot of questions about your background, mm-hmm. um, and you set goals for therapy. Um, and then after that, you address those goals. Okay. Does all of that happen within the first uh, session? Um, you would say, or over a couple, usually, depending? How I usually do it, yeah. and I think that's how most people do it, is over a couple sessions. Yeah. Um, just because with that break in between sessions, there's times to s- sort of think through, okay, how the, how this first one go? Um, do I feel comfortable with the person? Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. But, um, but, but that varies. Okay. Um, and do many psychologists offer like a free consultation to start off with so they could have that kind of meet and greet and see if there's a connection there or do people typically kind of just jump into that first uh, intake session? There's variability there too. I I think most people do offer at least a a phone call, Mm -hmm. a free um, uh, phone consultation. Um, But that's something I do in person as well. And I think that's, again, really, really important. My focus is on making sure the the relationship works well um, and that the the person feels comfortable talking. 
Uh, but that's something to consider because uh, another barrier, and I think especially mm-hmm. with men, is um, the fee for therapy. Right. Um, because therapy um, can be expensive at times, especially if um, you're unable to use insurance or there's, you know, your insurance coverage, your deductible super high. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, it would take a year just to get to the deductible. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like as men, we tend to be really focused on money as mm-hmm. well sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- so that can be a barrier as well. And many therapists are willing to work with people on that too. Um, I feel like the vast majority of therapists or psychologists I know um, offer like sliding scale. Yeah, that's uh, what I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and everyone's scale is different. Yeah. Um, but to sort of meet people where they're at mm-hmm. um, to address that. How does that conversation go if, if um, a person wants to seek therapy and they're requesting a sliding scale fee? What, how, how exactly does that work, at least in, in your experience? Uh, well, so for the most part, um, it's kind of based on what the person says they f- feel like they could afford. Mm-hmm. Um, some people um, go to a further extreme of kind of showing how much money you have, and there's like a percentage of um, their fee that then is paid based on like your annual income. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like that's less common. It's more so um, as part of the agreement of starting therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I feel like I can uh, af- afford to pay, yeah. um, and that could change. You know, revisit it every quarter or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then the therapist uh, decides if they're okay with that. Yeah, if that works, if mm-hmm. that works for them too. Has to yeah, be mutually. <laughs> right. Acceptable. Right. Gotta right. Keep the lights on and all that stuff. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Got to keep the AC running, especially during the summer. Uh huh. Um, okay. So that's that's really helpful and. Um, we know that there's a bunch of different theoretical orientations out there. Um, some might be um, more solution focused and have like a brief structure where you go through therapy for like eight to 12 sessions. Mm-hmm. Some can be just open ended as far as how many sessions you want or need. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to depend on uh, the, the individual and what their needs are or their availability is as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's something important to think through beforehand as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of what your personal goals are, um, you know, for therapy um, and how how to make that fit with, with whoever you, you end up meeting with. Yeah. Are there um, particular goals that um, men coming in for treatment have set for themselves, did you find? I, I think a big one um, tends to be um, trying to deal with work stress. Yeah. And just kind of a general blanket statement of work is stressful. I don't really want to work in this job, but I'm also afraid of uh, putting myself out there to try to find a new job in a field that I actually want to work in. Mm -hmm. Maybe it pays less or something like that. Um, So that can be a big one, uh, which to start off with, it seems pretty straightforward. Uh, But there's a lot that goes into deciding that. I mean, that's a huge life decision as far as do you want to stay in this career for the rest of your life for the next five, 10 years, even if you don't really like the job? Mm -hmm. um, Or do you want to put yourself out there and maybe go back to school or find another job that doesn't pay quite as well? Um, So that's that's as far as who we are as kind of a person on this planet. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot that goes into that decision rather than just, I I want, um, you know, coping skills or something to Mm -hmm. deal with the stress of, of this job. Yeah. So do do people do you find that people's goals then start kind of evolving as the therapy evolves? So it might start off with like a work related stressor goal. And then as you kind of start unraveling a bunch of things and you start noticing that there's other goals in there. Yeah. Set for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens more often than not is it starts off with kind of that focus. Um, and, and especially with men, I think that's that's something that uh, we kind of like to have a specific thing that's kind of tangible. Okay, we're going to fix this thing. Yeah. And then um, 
you know, as the therapy goes on, it can be pretty quick sometimes, actually. Um, people are coming in and not talking about job stress, but they're talking about maybe relationship stress mm-hmm. or parenting stress mm-hmm. or um, that this, you know, funny memory came up from before and they're wanting to understand how that might relate to how they understand things now. Yeah. All right. So those are situations in which a person for themselves identifies this could be a, a really useful resource for me to go seek therapy. Mm-hmm. Now, what if um, the individual is just not recognizing it? They haven't heard this awesome show, right? They have no <laughs> idea that this stuff is going on. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, but there's people in their lives that are noticing that this person's really struggling um, with these thoughts or these emotions, and they could use that extra support from a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. How does the other person kind of help them? in that way. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is just trying to support them, mm-hmm. but not in a way where it's like problem-solving sort of support. Okay. Um, and, and this happens often enough, uh, I think more often than not with men getting into therapy, that it's not um, a, an issue of, um, I'm depressed, I have um, this thing that I want to work on, mm-hmm. it's my wife said I need to go to therapy, uh-huh. or um, my girlfriend thinks that it'd be good for me to talk through this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, Loved ones can be a really important uh, piece of starting therapy for men. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a part of that, too, is um, to try to support in a way that's not judgmental, um, not conditional. Um, Unfortunately, I've heard that often enough times of kind of like, I'm in therapy because my girlfriend said she would break up with me if I didn't get into therapy. Right, that ultimatum. Yeah, which still got them through the door, so Uh that's a part of it. But um, to to set up that ultimatum is a slippery slope. We don't recommend that, do we? No, no. (laughs) No, that's just a slippery slope. Expectations like that in general are just a slippery slope. Yeah. Um, But really to try to support by just sort of being there with them, trying Mm -hmm. to connect with them. Um, without trying to um, fix or solve things. And especially with men, it might be something that you have to check in with people regularly on. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, if, if you notice something going on, uh, to ask them about it, even mm-hmm. though th- you might expect you might not get a good response. Yeah. Uh, but to continually do that um, in a way, again, that's not judgmental or not, um, you know, um, criticizing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that... Um, uh, the people really know that there is someone there who uh, wants to uh, wants to talk about it. So let's say we have um, a, a person, a guy who's just showing that they're really stressed out all of the time. How would their loved one address that with them in a way that's not judgmental and meeting all those markers that you're recommending? Yeah. <laughs> what exactly like would they ask or say? Well, I, I think you could kind of point it out mm-hmm. for what it is, um, and like, hey, it seemed like it seems like you're really stressed out today. Was there something that happened? Yeah. Um, or I think a big thing as as well that men might not necessarily ask for mm-hmm. is um, wanting to uh, be connected, especially with significant others, mm-hmm. when stressed. Um, so kind of like, hey, you seem stressed out today. Um, would you want to go get dinner somewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, just to provide that opportunity not to just sort of point out and say, hey, like I'm here, but mm-hmm. like let's do this kind of uh, activity together. Yeah. Um, and um, and hopefully a, a change of venue or sort of um, uh, being empathic enough to see what's going on um, will help mm-hmm. kind of create the opportunity for, for them to talk through um, yeah. those sorts of things. Um, 
Yeah, so so trying to change the venue, or I, I think, would be a good one. Uh, but it's tough, and mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, uh, with anyone, but especially with men, mm-hmm. being forced to sort of talk about what's going on, or being forced to, like we just mentioned, the, the conditional sort of idea of if you don't yeah. talk about what's going on, then I'm done, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really can be problematic, not just because if someone does open up, then they learn that talking about things is like a forceful thing, like I have to do it, not because I want to, but because, you know, I have to. Uh, But real awareness comes from making that choice to do it and kind of um, having that be a personal choice so that you can have that um, opportunity and kind of space to really grow. Yeah, that'll definitely be a lot, uh, a much more stronger experience for a person if it came just for themselves, learning that this is a helpful resource for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's say you, you get them out of the room, and then um, you mentioned, you know, like, oh, you've been seeing stressed out, let's do this activity. At, at what point and how do you make this suggestion of seeing a mental health professional? Uh, just like that, just like, hey, so <laughs> I heard this guy, Dr. Sean, on, <laughs> on the show. You might want to consider talking to him. Or? Well, I actually think that is good in general to yeah. have kind of a specific person even. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, and again, not with the expectation that the, they'll follow up or call that specific person, but, but just kind of like, here's a person who actually exists who you could contact if you want to. Yeah. Or here's a website that I found that you could go to that actually exists, you know, if you want to. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be helpful um, because, in general, with finding therapists, sometimes it can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. It seems um, really overwhelming because there, there are a lot of options. Th- there's a lot of options, yeah. and when you go into it, you don't know exactly what's what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this isn't like um, you know choosing um, like I don't know like where you want to go to eat for dinner, like uh, what uh, band you want to go see. Mm-hmm. It's a very personal thing, like choosing who am I gonna feel comfortable connecting with right. based on maybe a profile on a website right like that's really difficult to know um, and so sometimes I think it's it's pretty easy to sort of shut down and just say well that's too hard I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. uh, but if people who are supporting men in, in that decision can mm-hmm. kind of say this is someone that I checked out I, I think this could be good mm-hmm. let's talk through it um, even if they don't go with that person that that can be help sort of again sort of structure that process right very good tips. I really, I really appreciate that. I think our <laughs> listeners will too. It's really hard to have those types of conversations, and it might feel uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, can be very useful and, in many cases, life saving. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, all right. So we've also talked about um, in our previous episode, men and um, and wellness, um, about how masculinity as a as a concept. Um, comes with a lot of social and cultural pressures. Yeah. So on a much wider scale, how can we all, um, men, women, everybody in between included, mm-hmm. um, address and and kind of pull apart all of these pressures that are placed on men and, and masculinity? I think the big thing is asking mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. Um, and having conversations, even like the one we're having today. Yeah. Um, but having conversations as far as... Um, okay, this is kind of how things are, let's say. Mm -hmm. Do we want it to be this way? Do we not want it to be this way? Um, This specific type of, let's say, like a gender role, um, you know, that like men uh, need to not feel emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there some good parts of that? Mm -hmm. Um, If so, then what are some things that we want to have awareness around, but, you know, maybe not change? What are the bad parts? Mm -hmm. Have awareness around and change that stuff. Um, and really um, sort of, I guess, push the boundaries on what it means not just to be a man, but to be a person mm-hmm. on the planet um, by having 
uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like for the most part, that's to be expected, mm -hmm. that it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, and it's so easy to shy away from it. Um, so, um, you know, all the different, I mean, there's all sorts of social media, obviously now. Yeah. Um, a lot of the toxic masculinity can definitely come through in that. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to, one, not be a part of that, mm -hmm. but two, even put information out there or kind of energy out there that's um, that's saying, you know, we don't have to be like that if we don't want to, yeah. I think is a big thing. But it, it's tough just because it's it's so ingrained in kind of, um, especially in America, mm -hmm. in, um, you know, the history of the country and the history of kind of what it means to be a person in this country, mm -hmm. um, that it's not going to get fixed overnight. Necessarily. Right. So it you does know. take kind of taking a step back and really looking at our different lives and life choices and expectations and kind of questioning that status quo of like, right. Okay. Well, does this work for us? Mm -hmm. Um, both in as a society, as a community, or even like as a family unit, you know, if mm -hmm. there's an expectation that the man is the breadwinner and, um, that person just, you know, lost their job and, and has been struggling to, to find employment. Now what happens, you know, yeah. is this just random <laughs> cultural, social gender expectation, mm -hmm. healthy and helpful in that sense, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so it would take each person to kind of just start exploring those things, both for themselves and for our society as a whole. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we, we had an opportunity to talk about like how these social pressures are impacting men's mental health. So if we're looking at our society as a whole, it seems to be doing a whole lot of damage, mm -hmm. you know, to put people in that box um, to the point where we see higher rates of suicide. Yeah. You know, it's we're talking life and death here. Right. Um, so these are very serious consequences for such rigid um, social cultural beliefs on, mm -hmm. on gender. Yeah. Um, so questioning, mm -hmm. finding out what's right for you. Um, what about when you're out in the world and you're exposed to someone um, making sexist comments or jokes or trying to keep people in gender stereotypes? Like, what do mm -hmm. you, and what, what do you do with something like that? Yeah, so that's a tough one as yeah. well um, because that's like times 10 of uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Um, and that's another personal decision too. You know, is it, it depends on who the person is to start mm -hmm. off with. If it's someone who's a friend or a family member, something like that, that you already have a relationship with, mm -hmm. and you feel like they could sort of tolerate it and actually hear you, then that might change it as far as um, saying something. Right. Um, if it's someone that you don't know as well or a coworker or something like that, then, um, you know, that, that could change things as well as far as um, if you don't have that established relationship, mm -hmm. you know, putting more stress into that. Um, and I think the big thing, too, especially as, as men who would want to do that and find that personally meaningful, is to um, ask ourselves, why are we doing that? Because mm -hmm. um, the slippery slope, and I think what can prevent people a lot of the times from saying things, is going into it with the expectation of, I'm going to call this person out for um, a, a sexist joke or, or doing something sexist, mm -hmm. and that's going to change them. Right. And they're going to kind of see the light of day by me calling them out mm -hmm. um, and um, act differently. And, and not to say that won't happen, mm -hmm. um, but that's a slippery slope because we don't control other people. Right. So um, uh, a different way to think about it would be um, I'm going to call them out because this is personally meaningful to me, mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to sort of... Uh, share my values and, and what's important for them. If they take it, great. If they don't, that's fine too. But that's more um, of myself and my energy out there in the world. Yeah. And you're also setting that precedent and and maybe even that boundary, you know, with that person. Mm -hmm. So that's just showing yourself some self-respect. Yeah. Of like, 
that's not something that I'm okay with, you know, with those types of jokes or that type of language or comments. Yeah. It's so much easier just kind <laughs> of and like walk away. Oh, <laughs> just yeah, kind of like laugh along and walk away with your with your life. Uh-huh. Um, but as we mentioned, I mean, this is a big social issue. And so it takes um, social intervention, right, to, to yeah. be able to address those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to vary depending on your relationship with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely test it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what happens to set up those those uh, boundaries for yourself yeah. and your relationships with other people. Yeah. Um, and then what about like for parenting really quick? If we could talk about like you have this brand new little baby human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what, what can parents um, and family members do to help this brand new little human being um, grow up to be someone that that isn't inflicted with this? type of gender pressure. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely something I've been thinking a lot more about, uh, because like I mentioned last time, I have a one month old son. Um, and thinking about it, especially more so now in kind of the realistic context for me, um, it seems like so much of communication is Mm nonverbal and so much of it is so deeply ingrained that it happens when kids are very young, one, two, three years old before, uh, we can really talk or even understand things in a verbal way. Mm -hmm. And so just, um, really trying to have awareness with yourself as far as, um, what you might be communicating to, um, especially your sons, but daughters as well, Mm -hmm. um, as far as what it means to be a man on the planet, um, being okay with, um, uh, talking through your feelings on things, Mm -hmm. um, eliciting feelings, um, like talking through how are you feeling today? Um, and not just having it, uh, be something of like, Oh, today was a good day. Like Mm -hmm. tell me a bit more detail. Let's talk through this. And in a more um, detailed manner, um, I think is really, really important. Um, And it's a challenge as well, because, uh, you know, being a parent and just kind of being a person uh, on this planet as well is very busy. Yeah. So sometimes you might just want to check in with your kids. Oh, how's your day? Okay. You didn't, you know, you didn't die today. Right. Right. (laughs) You're Uh, still alive. Okay, good. Yeah. But, Uh. but it really only takes a couple minutes to sort of go that extra step um, and talk through not just how their day was, but also how your day was um, and um, some of the feelings that came up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the big one, the role modeling, I think. Yeah. So it's definitely going to take you working on yourself as well to show the child, okay, this is how we talk about our emotions. This is how we talk about the thoughts we had today. This is how we talk about our relationships with others and Mm -hmm. sending boundaries or tackling those gender stereotypes that might even just come up in, you know, preschool, right? Probably that will, (laughs) I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, some other things that you could take a look at if you're in the D.C. area, there's um, UDC's Men of Strength Club. They discuss ways to help in the effort to build the counter story of masculinity. And there's also mencanstoprape.org. Their mission is to mobilize men to use their strength for creating cultures free from violence, especially men's violence against women. Um, and of course, we have Dr. Sean Walsh in the area. You um, have a private practice and see um, clients in DC and Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could definitely. Uh, reach out to Dr. Sean. We will have his information on our website at witandreason.com. You can put all of these tips and activities into action today. Visit witandreason.com to get the links to the resources we shared on today's show and connect with me, Dr. Alexis Moreno, and licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Sean Walsh. Did you hear something on the show today that you relate to on a personal level? Share your story. Send us your recording on witandreason.com slash speakup, and we may be able to post it on our men and wellness show page to help others navigate their gender identity. A special thank you to DC Radio and Dr. Sean Walsh. 
And of course, thank you all for listening. Stay posted on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Wit and Reason and DC Radio for our next show. I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno. Let's keep the conversation going. You've been listening to Wit and Reason with psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. For more information, visit witandreason.com. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.